Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am pumped you are here hanging out with us today because I got my friend Aaron Letzizer hanging out with us. And we have a great time, good conversation, and uh, I'm excited about you getting to hear that. Before I get into that, though, I want to talk to you about my good friends over at Smart Choice. They want to help you to raise your commissions, lower your volume commitments, give you bonuses. They want to help you give you uh, agency contracts. And they only work off a commission split, not in monthly fees, not annual fees, just a commission split. And that's only off the contracts they bring to the table. So if you've got an existing book and you just need them for one or two markets, that's what they're going to share in commissions and nothing else. And like I said, they're going to negotiate higher commissions, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, guys, if you're looking for a partner, if you're looking for someone to work with, look no further than, than Smart Choice. Go to smartchoiceagents.com and tell them the mayor sent you. You're going to be so happy that you did. Also, guys, we've got a, a new sponsor that has come into Insurance Town for a few months. And, you know, I want you to check them out and I want you to, to see what you think about it because I'm hoping they'll stay with us long term. But uh, I had uh, my man, Rusty Dykus, come into the program as a guest not too long ago. And he crushed it. And we had so many people ask about uh, old school marketing that he decided to come in as a sponsor and see if he could maximize that. And I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about that. And he gave me some some ad copy. And I want to read some of that. And you're going to be hearing that every single week. And, and go check out the website. Send out emails. Let them know that you what you think about it. You know, in a world where digital landscape is oversaturated, your message can be easily lost in the digital noise. We offer a different and refreshing approach that harkens back to the classics. Are you looking to establish a genuine connection with your audience? Do you want your marketing efforts to stand out from the crowd? Then handwritten direct mail is the way to go. Handwritten by actual people, it is significantly more likely to be opened and acted upon. Look no further than the pros at old school marketing. And you know, it almost is like giving getting a birthday card from grandma. You're going to want to open that, and your clients are going to see that, and they're going to want to open it. And it's some good stuff there. Uh, go check out oldschoolmarketing.com, and um, that's O-L-D-E, schoolmarketing.com. And uh, tell Rusty that I sent you. Guys, uh, also my friends over at Canopy Connect, your one-click solution to getting all those deck pages you need to quote your prospect. And uh, they help you with commercial lines, with personal lines. They help you with referral partners. You need to uh, get them as part of your uh, experience, part of your customer journey, because there's no more that back and forth. Asking those crazy questions and, and getting the driver list and going through all of that and trying to read all of those uh, VIN numbers that they type in or whatever it might be. Maybe it's smudged. Maybe something's going on. No, you can send them a link and you get all of that uploaded to your personalized dashboard uh, from Canopy Connect. It is a game changer. Now they give loss runs. Now they can help you with all kinds of cool stuff. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Now I'm going to get out of the way and let you guys get into this conversation that I have with my main man, Aaron Letzizer. Aaron Letzizer, how you doing, my brother? I'm good, Heath. How you doing? I'm good. I got that right. Let's you did. you did you did not everybody does you can always tell if i'm getting a uh if i'm getting like a telemarketer on the phone they yeah. butcher the last name and i can immediately just hang up the phone it's good yeah i get that too okay so my name is heath i, I think that's simple but i don't know how many times i get keith i get pete how the hell you get pete out of heath i don't know so there's Heath. i get keith and then um 
sometimes, you know, yeah, I get Keith, Heath, Pete. I get all kinds of, you know, crazy. Like, I don't know exactly. Or my last name is spelled so different. You know, it's really simple. It's Sharon, like the lady's first name. But a lot of people, Sharon, Sharon. So I'm like you. Um, do you ever mess yeah, with those people when they call you or do you just all automatically just hang up on them? Oh, no, no, no. If it, I mean, it depends on what they're selling. If it's something yeah. fun that I can that I can have fun with. But <laughs> I'll get like, uh, I'll get like, is is Mr. Uh, Letzer available? And I'm like, I know my last name's a little difficult, but it's not L-E-T-Z-E-R, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you if you kind of sound it out a little bit, like we're back in third grade, I think you can, you can get close to it. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, depending on what they're selling, then obviously. And then, you know, if it's my, if my uh, long lost rich uncle's best friend's cousin in, you know, sub-Saharan Africa that left me 10 billion and, and they need me to, you know, send me quickly my, my routing and account information. Those are the, uh, those are the fun ones that you can, you can spend time with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was listening to a comedian the other day that went through a whole spiel about, you know, he got a call and they thought he was a guy named Larry talking about the budget. And he was like, you know, messing with him and like, yeah, let's increase the budget from 10 to 15. He's like, you think so, Larry? He was like, yeah, I really think we should. And so he was like calling people. He's like, all right, you call Sally and Julie and so-and-so call me back. And this guy went through this whole thing and called him back. And it was really funny. Yeah, it's just a bit, but those things are funny. Yeah. I, I like the, um, you know, we, we get a lot now uh, into the, the, the company phone numbers, right? And usually they, they pick a different employee. This time they, they, they'll sometimes end up getting me because they'll just mass out to the, uh, the different yeah. phone numbers that they have that they say, hey, it's, it's Aaron and I'm on this really important phone call right now, but I've got I've to send a wire, right? Or can you go out to the store and pick me up some gift cards? And I'm like, really, Aaron, Aaron send you. Uh, interesting. Um, yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I'll be right there. Let me let me run out to the store and grab you five hundred dollars in Amazon gift cards. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you need? Yeah. Um, those those people you can you can get them for a good probably five or six messages before they figure out that uh, you know I'm I'm not the very sadly the the you know the the older person that's going to fall for uh, fall for a lot of this. Dude, you got to wonder though. I was there, there was a there was an article the other day. Um, somewhere online about actually how big the, the, the fraud market is not even on like the well-placed kind of phishing scams, but the really like your, your dead rich uncle that lives somewhere else that you've never met, like just how successful those still are, because I still get all those and they all end up in my, my spam filter. And I always read them and I'm like, they're really people that still fall for this. And apparently they do, which is, which is tragic, but you would just, you know, you would think that, that, you know, if you if you had a really rich relative that passed away, you probably would have heard about them by now. Right. Or you knew who they were. Uh, yeah, those were all yeah. my favorites anyway. Um, yep. You know, I always loved Rich Uncle Phil or Jimmy or Bobby or whoever it might have been. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. Yeah, they I didn't know they had a billion. Yeah. You would know that for sure. Yeah. Uh, I always knew, you know, I had one uh, that every year, like my parents would give me good gifts. Don't get me wrong, but. Like I had this one uncle that would always give me like the Nintendo or the mm -hmm. Super Nintendo or the new game. And I'm like, oh, this is my favorite. And so I'm like, let's go see, you know, him. And so, you know, that was one of those things that, you know, you know, those people, you know, so oh, yeah. it's funny that they still try to get away with that. Um, you know, and so my favorite, though, are the ones that they can't hang up on you. Like, oh, yeah. They, like they'd have this rule they can't and so i'll just be like hey let me, let me put you on hold for just a second let me go get my wife or they'll be asking me something and i'll literally put my phone down and like 10 15 minutes later i'll pick it back up hey you still there yeah man i'm still here like all right i can't find her right now she's done it uh just to see how long i can keep them on those are fun 
because you know he's missing out on deals. Yeah, we had a uh, we we had a guy, uh, an actual like le- legitimate client, and you know he he knows the story, so he's not going to mind me telling it. But uh, we were we were trying to get in front of this property manager for a really long time, trying to uh, yeah. at least in- integrate our insurance product into their into their process. Um, and finally, I get this guy on the phone. Right, I mean, a, a typical property manager, not sure if a tenant's calling him or, or whatever else. So we're really trying to screen his calls. Finally, get him on the phone, and somebody rings his doorbell, and he says, "Hey, you know, hold on," and so. I don't want to hang up, but I'm on the phone and in the background, he is just having a long conversation with whoever showed up uh, at the door yeah. right? and completely forgets that I'm on the phone. So I literally right. wait there Keith, for 18 minutes, right? My headphones are in, I'm sitting there, I'm doing like a little bit of email, but I'm hearing the entire conversation he's having with this contractor that showed up at his door. So finally I hang up, I sent him a text message. So at least he has my number and he knows I'm not a tenant that's calling to bug him for a, uh, for a repair or to change the battery or something. But just it's you know it's it, it's funny the 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 way the, uh, the you know the the world is gone and then you know now you got kids that uh, you know wouldn't even be able to tell you what what you do with a row you know an old old actual phone that was plugged into a wall. Oh, hundred uh, percent. I think you're exactly right. Uh, and I talk to my kids about that, you know, about having a home phone, or they'll see it on an application or something. They're like, "What's an, a home phone, Dad? What does oh, that yeah. mean?" And like back you in know, our day. You know, we would have the cord you could stretch out from one end of the house all the way around and you would have to like untangle it or move it around. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's interesting on that. The um, with the kids and then we then we can actually uh, uh, I, I can bring us back on the topic here so we don't have to talk about uh, uh, telemarketers. But uh, and, and your audience, <laughs> if they if they if they check out your YouTube channel, they see the video, they'll be able to see it. But everybody used to kind of use this as the phone. Right. So for everybody yeah. listening, I'm, I'm using my thumb and my pinky. Right. And kind of putting it up to my head. This is what yeah. a phone used to look like. And kids these days, if you actually do that, they have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and this actually happened to me the, you know, probably a month or two ago, I don't know, with some kid, probably 18 or 19 years old, um, who was uh, was doing a little bit of work for the, the company here. And I, you know, I, I was on a phone call at the time. And so I used this through the, you know, through the, 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 the wall uh, and the window in my door. And he had no idea what I was doing. Um, just had no idea and then just walked right in and I'm like, God, you know, I'm on the phone. Didn't you see that? I, like I was on the phone. He was like, I had no idea what that meant. He thought I, you know, he thought I uh, needed something. So it's interesting, uh, interesting Very how interesting. technology completely changes generations. It really does. I don't know how they would even do that, but yeah, like that's exactly universal. I thought that was like, I'm yeah. like, I'm on the phone, right? Like this yeah. is what you do. And now a phone is, you know, holding, holding I would imagine you'd be like, with I'm- your, you know, I'm on the phone, I guess now it's like yeah, yeah. your earpiece. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or your headphones. I'm on, I'm on, I don't know. But anyhow, so people that are like, all right, um, who, who's this Aaron guy? Um, let's sizer or let's sir, as people would say, um, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't believe like you're missing several letters there when you said let's sir. But anyway, so who is this guy? So won't you take me a walk down memory lane? Let's go back, you know, as far as you want to lead me up to now, like your, your career a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, I originally, uh, never really intended to get in the insurance space, kind of fell into it by accident, which, uh, sounds like most, most of my friends that are in the, uh, in the insurance space. So I originally, originally went to school, uh, thinking I was going to go to law school, uh, actually. So got the poli sci degree, went through, went through law school, came out, um, started actually grabbed my, my insurance license while I was in college. I was hustling my friends for their, their renter's insurance, and their auto insurance. 
um, had a little bit of time, uh, kind of had that entrepreneurial bug bored with, with, you know, my, my classes in college needed something to actually keep things exciting. So, uh, I was doing that. And then as, as I was coming out of school, my, my brother and now co-founder, uh, was really, uh, accelerating his career in the real estate space. And, you know, really over, over the course of a couple of years, um, you know, his, his portfolio started to grow. I was helping him out with, with a lot of that. And, Really, at the end of the day, Obi became uh, a, a byproduct of him getting really, I think, tired of the way that he would normally be buying insurance, just kind of the antiquated nature of that of that overall process. And uh, I like to tell people I got sick of uh, sick of selling it uh, the exact same way. And so that's really where Obi was born. Obi, at the end of the day, it's an insurance technology company that's that's at this stage uh, focused on on residential real estate investors. Um, it's a market that we always felt like was was fairly ignored by the you know yeah. the large traditional carrier market um most of our clients and really most of the landlords in the US so as opposed to what the you know front page of the New York Times might might tell you that that Wall Street owns your home um it's really your your mom and pop landlords that exist out there but most of your carriers just kind of you know it it, it wasn't something that got a lot of love it didn't get a lot of attention and so our clients they could never end up at a Hub International or an Aon or a Gallagher all really great shops I have great friends there but the premium is just not not attractive for them, right? We're talking a 15, 18, you know, $2,000 policy. Um, and then a lot of the, the smaller personal lines uh, uh, shops, they're looking for that home and auto, and then the carriers are trying to get you to upsell it. And so there was just never a lot of love for that that segment. And so that's really where, where OB, uh, OB started from. We wanted to build a product that was really specifically geared towards that, that space. And uh, it's worked out pretty well for us over the last, you know, uh, several years. The, you know, most folks are trying to diversify out of the public equities market. And so they're buying a rental property, or maybe they had that first starter home. They didn't want to sell it. They got a great mortgage, and so they want to turn it into a a landlord property. And so, uh, we really wanted to build a product that was hyper focused in that space, make it really easy for our clients and our agents to be able to to pull a quote, and then make sure that their yeah. clients and their their real estate investors were feeling like they had a lot of transparency in that process as well. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are predominantly property driven, you know, in the insurance space with OB. Where did OB, first of all, where did OB come from? Yeah. So uh, OB was actually the name of uh, Ryan, my my brother's dog. Uh, at the time we we had okay. the uh, the idea for the business and then the dog got named after the beer, uh, Bell's Oberon. So okay. the dog was named after a beer and then the company is named after the dog. So uh, so it wasn't a one Kenobi thing. It was just no, no, no. I, I, uh, I wish we do get that a lot, which is a, uh, which is an acceptable reference. Uh, but no, the uh, the dog was actually named after a beer. Um, so, so the uh, the uh, uh, original story of Obi really traces back to uh, to Bell's Oberon. Oh, there you go. Are you a Star Wars guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you, you know? go. I, uh, I I'm saw a... my very first. I'm 43 years old. This year, first time I ever seen a Star Wars movie, and wow. I really enjoyed it. Um, I just nowadays I feel like I don't have the time to commit to the time it takes to watch them, but I want to. Uh, I saw the very first one, which was like 1970, whatever, yeah. um, and really enjoyed it. And what blew my mind, and we'll get back into, but what blew my mind was the CGI, so to speak, back then, and like the forward thinking of like the hologram that. Um, what's a CP? Not C three PO. The little guy. The, oh, R two D two. Yeah, the yeah R two D. He threw out a holographic image back in the seventies, and we still don't yeah. have that technology. I mean, we do, but you know what I mean. 
like I was uh, amazed, you know, and the the stormtroopers, the whole thing. I was like, this was really in the seventies. Anyhow, so Obi. Okay, so you guys focus on that property space. Um, do you guys, you know, before we get too much into, it, just for my, you know, rec, you know, I understand. Do you guys get into the VRBO or the Airbnb or any of that kind of space too? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, again, it's a, you know, it's a it's a segment that doesn't really get a lot of love. Uh, if if yeah. we feel like the landlord kind of that DP three maybe into a BOP type of market doesn't get a lot of love, the the VRBO and the Airbnb segment. Uh, is is I, I think still makes a lot of the traditional carrier market yeah. a little afraid, um, but I actually love it. I I think uh, you know if if you can if you can optimize and and underwrite the right way and try and figure out uh, really who that host is. Uh, I think that's the big differentiator with with what Obi does differently. We combined a lot of our kind of real estate, um, you know, the, the the way that we looked at the real estate market and how we underwrote deals was really also based on the operator. Right? How did that owner actually take care of that property? And we really applied a lot of that to the way that we think about underwriting at OB. Right? Uh, square footage, year built, number of units. Right? Like all this stuff that we're typically plugging into these systems. That's really table stakes. Anybody can get that. What OB always wants to drill into is, you know, what is that 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 investor or that landlord or in this case, like a, an Airbnb host? Like how do they actively take care of that property? Uh, because that's going to be the, I think, the biggest indicator of of potential. Uh, potential loss going forward. So yeah, absolutely. Short-term rental space is uh, is a big segment of ours. Okay. So now I've got a couple of questions here. And again, none of this is scripted. So um, I, I'm interested to know just me, typically, you know, I'm thinking, first of all, if I own a rental property, I'm going to go ahead and insure it with my home and auto, you know? And so I'm figuring a lot of people do the same. Do you guys write home and auto or do you guys have a partner that you work with on that? Or how do you, how does that work for you guys? Because I, I feel like that space is there. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. We, um, we don't do any, any home and auto, uh, to your, right. to your point, Heath, you hit the nail on the head. We, we partner with other folks that are out there, right? Um, we want to allow you to feel like you're bundling, but also being able to access what, what OB has. Um, okay. so that's, that's the way that we go about okay. thinking about it. And we position it as well. And I think what's, what's, Interesting in our segment is that a lot of these investors, even if you only have one rental property, maybe it's your condo, you started as a condo, early 20s, never ended up selling it. Um, they feel like they're a business owner. And so right. there, we have found that when the availability exists to kind of create some segmentation between your 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 home and auto carrier, and then potentially yeah. what, what you're going to be doing over here, uh, people are okay with doing that. And as long as we set the agents up for success in terms of how they can feel like they're bundling that along with whatever the personal lines markets are that they're already uh, working with um, that that's how you find really good success then with those agents and with those customers. Okay. So would you say, I mean, yeah, so we have a couple of different discounts that, that exists on the platform. Uh, we haven't okay. officially moved into a space where you can bundle with other, uh, with other providers, but that, that is on the, uh, that is on the, the, the docket for the future. And I think that's really yeah. where a lot of the kind of, new age and sure tech 2.0 uh carriers and tech based exactly. carriers are, yeah, are really moving is what what I know really well and I think what what a lot of my my other friends who have who have started insure tech companies and have other insurance carriers they do one thing and do it well that's how you find success in the insurance space we're taking something that normally has taken carriers you know decades of of information and data to feel really comfortable with your underwriting model and then they start to diversify and they started with home and then they're doing home and auto. And now they're adding the RV and the boat, and the umbrella and the life, right? 
I know that Obi does the real estate investor segment really, really well. It's what we know and it's what we're good at. And so I know yeah. that I can provide a really competitively priced product. I can provide generous commissions out to the agents and Obi can still hopefully stay, stay profitable with a really attractive loss ratio if I stay in the segment that I know. And so what we ultimately want to do going forward, and I think this is where the market's moving, is I want to be able to bundle with other like-minded carriers and other like-minded insurance companies, right? If we can find folks that really know and understand some of their products really well, maybe you're just in the home space, maybe you do home auto umbrella. Um, I'm happy to, and we, we do this with a couple of folks now, I'm happy to provide my product as an extension of, of theirs. Um, so that way you have really one contact, you have one agent, you don't feel like you're going to multiple different insurance companies or right. carriers in order to do that. Yeah, I think, you know, you. it sounds to me like, and I'm putting words in your mouth, that you're trying to position it to where the most important thing is the, the name on the agency side, you know, not necessarily the name of the carrier, because they had the relationship with XYZ insurance agency or the one who sponsors their kids baseball team or the one yep. they see at chamber of commerce events. They don't know who Obi is, but that doesn't matter. Now is that again, would that end up sidebarring into a trend where you guys maybe white label Obi for say XYZ homeowners company? Yeah, it's, it's possible. Um, we, we, we do this with a couple of folks right now uh, yeah. where we allow either their, you know, their captive agents or independent agents to be able to do that. I, I think to your point, um, there there is going to be an opportunity, I think, as the market looks for more availability and options. And, you know, as, as all of your listeners, I'm sure are aware, I mean, the, the, the market is is constricting, right? And probably will continue to do so for a little while. Yeah. So as long as, as long as OB continues to provide really good service to you, to our agents and the end customers, which is typically through a claims process, right? Um, I don't necessarily how it, how it gets in front of them. To your point, you know, none of my, you know, none of my insurance customers when I was, you know, when I was a, a, a scratch agent, they're not looking at who the carrier is on the deck page. And even if they see it, right, I mean, look at, look at Travelers or look at some of these other companies, they have so many different writing carriers, right? 20, 30, 50. I don't even know what Western Springs Insurance Company of Nevada is, even though right. they might be an actual subsidiary of a company that I know, right? Nobody's paying attention to that. Like the, the trust that people put is, is with their agent at the end of the day. And as long as that yep. agent is, is in effect, whether they're, they're individual companies or it's all one company, as long as they make the process of buying and managing that insurance easy, then it feels like that bundle, right? And if we can then move forward where if OB gets comfortable with somebody else's underwriting and how they go to market, then I will feel comfortable adding that three or 5% affinity discount on our, or, or that bundle discount um, assuming that we can partner in the right ways with some of those companies. I think that's where this future is at because I don't think also as the market constricts, a lot of agents want to be, uh, I think, pigeonholed into, well, I really like the home over here and I really like the coverage and I really like the price and we can add on the auto with the same carrier, but that's just for ease of bundling. It might not necessarily be the best coverage or the best rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the approach of, you know, they have their relationship with that, whoever you know why not keep that that there and not worry about the name on the back of the jersey or the front of the jersey for that matter um and more focus on that i think that's good you know uh i, I noticed you know you guys as we, we talk through this you, one of the things you talked about you brought up you know trends and industry trends that's something you guys you particular or you at ob 
kind of pay attention and keep your finger on the pulse on that. Are you tired of feeling like you're playing a risky game when it comes to grooming below the belt? Well, folks, it's time to take control and eliminate the uncertainty with Manscaped. Manscaped is the go-to brand for men's grooming. They've got everything you need to keep your sensitive areas looking and feeling their best. Say goodbye to those uncomfortable nicks and cuts and say hello to the precision and comfort. One product you absolutely need to check out is the Lawnmower 4.0. It's powerful, reliable trimmer equipped with skin-safe technology, ensuring a smooth and safe grooming experience. Trust me, it's like having your own personal insurance policy against mishaps. But it doesn't stop there. Manscaped also offers a range of grooming essentials designed to keep you fresh and confident. Now, here's the best part. Fellow insurance professionals, by using the code MAYOR at checkout, you'll receive exclusive 20% off your Manscaped order plus free shipping. That's right, folks. Savings and a peace of mind all in one package. 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use the code MAYOR at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. And guys, uh, this show wouldn't be complete without talking about my good friend Andy and his team over at CoverDesk. And yes, CoverDesk is just a premier solution for virtual assistants. They're doing a phenomenal job. They train the virtual assistants from the Philippines in our space. They know our language. They know our systems. They know our management systems. They know uh, all you've got to do is tell them your process and plug them into your team, and you're instantly more efficient. You instantly have happier employees, uh, your processes, everything's done that much better by including CoverDesk into your process, into your team. They become a part of your team. They become a part of the fabric of your agency, CoverDesk.com. Uh, tell them the mayor sent you. You'll be so proud that you did. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, we 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 try uh, we try and keep our pulse on things. I, I think the, the nice thing about us is that uh, the insurance market, similarly the real estate market, it's it's a massive, massive uh, market by by dollars spent, uh, but it's a pretty small community. And I think, Very. you know, there, there was there were some really interesting trends that I think opened up the opportunity for technology to move into this space. Uh, you know, about five seven years ago, but I think there's been a lot of really good lessons learned, um, and I think people are starting to figure out how can we best. How can we write really good profitable business while also continuing to serve like who, who our overall constituencies are? Um, and I think the only way that you're going to do that, especially as the market starts to tighten, is, is through that collaboration. And so we, we're pretty actively uh, involved and engaged in what, what some of those trends look like, um, just so we can be on top of if there's opportunities for us to continue to get better at what we're doing or to continue to serve the people that we're, uh, that we're serving. Yeah, what are you know some of those you know give give me one of those something that you feel like is so the main my audience may not be aware of a trend out there that you feel like is something worth talking about right now. Uh, I I would say the the biggest one uh, it's starting to make its way into the insurance space, but I, obviously uh, you know AI and and you know large language models. I, you know that, that's the that's the biggest thing going on right now. I mean Chat GPT and I think the, the power of what that can do. Um, I think jury's still out on exactly how that that impacts insurance, but you know some of the conversations that we've had, some of the things that we've been talking about with folks is, you know, how can you how can you utilize that to really speed up a claims process, right? Yeah, I don't want to turn over the actual adjustment of this to a, a computer, certainly not yet, but 
in the midst of maybe a you know, 50, 100, 150, 200 page policy contract, in the event that a claim comes in, typically then somebody on, on the claims team or, or at a, you know, a, a TPA is running through that policy contract, trying to figure out all of the different subjectivities that, that exist that might impact how you pay out that claim. And that takes them a long time because every policy contract's fairly unique. Right, most carriers don't have their own internal claims team. They they go out to a third party claims administrator, and so you're you're sitting in front of somebody that's may never have seen this contract before. Right. So they're ruffling through those documents. So I, one of the one of the things I think in the short term that's actually going to be really interesting is when the claim comes in, and depending on some of the the keywords that are in there, what's being described, the exact cause of that loss, it can immediately identify the applicable sections in that policy contract. So the computer is not necessarily making that decision yet. But we could at least, if, if Heath is my, my claims adjuster and he's sitting there and it pops up inside of his management system and it takes me to that claim, I immediately see the applicable section and I can say, oh, okay, yeah, that actually makes complete sense. This is what happened. This is the applicable section inside of here. We're going to go ahead and pay that out, right? Or it might say, hey, based on this and based on this section, we're actually going to need a couple of more data points, right? And I can get yeah. that out. And so if we can even start cutting down the time it takes to pay out claims and adjudicate claims and process those payments, um, that's something that, that you know, even I think with the technology that exists right now and has been recently released, is something that we can all start implementing to actually make that customer experience a, a heck of a lot nicer than it is right now. Yeah, because, it, you know, as, as you probably know, and, you know, th this used to happen all the time. Similar to the, you know, the conversation we were having before, the relationships with the agent, right? My relationships with the customer. If the claim's taken a long time, they're not talking to the carrier's TPA. They're talking to me, right? And I hate the situation. It's the same thing with, with refund checks as well. I hate being in a powerless position where I can't do anything about it, right? And I wish that I could and I can, I can push that adjuster and I can try and get some answers. But my relationship is also suffering because there's something outside of my control that I can't do anything about to solve. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. Uh, and, and I hope that trend continues. I hope that what that is, you know, what you're seeing is continuing because that was another headache. And a lot of people, whether it's the agency management space, whether it's the carrier space, whether it's the agency space, whether it's the CRMs or whatever the space is, I think that's always been an area that is, you know, a tough one to solve is the claim situation because so many times agency owners, you know, when I ask them, because I've been in a lot of agencies consulting, what's your claims process? I tell them to call 1-800 and there's not really a process there. And even if you did try to develop one, if I tried to say, well, I'm gonna have Sally call the, the client, da, 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 really not a whole lot you can do because at the end no. of the day, Sally's still got to pick up the phone and call 1-800 whatever and get somebody on the phone and try to get and even at the best one of the things that i've heard even from customers is you know my customer service with you know the Aaron agency is they uh they call me and let me know who my assigned adjuster is if that's like your big value add i mean there's a whole lot more value you can add to that conversation than just i let them know who their adjuster was but what yep. you're talking about takes it to another level yeah, I mean, you you want to you want to start figuring out. I mean, even between the agents and then you know that that adjuster, figuring out a way of of streamlining that communication and that that yeah. that that um, that notification of what's going on. At the end of the day, you know, clients want to get paid, but the the biggest challenge is the unknown. It doesn't matter if you've got a you know if you're still waiting on quotes from a market or 
uh, you're going through a buying process or inspection recs or a claim, right? The unknown is actually what, what is always detrimental to a relationship, right? And if you can at least provide a little bit of value in each one of those processes, even if it's to say, hey, listen, I know I, uh, I, I know the carrier said they were going to get something back to me within 48 hours. They still haven't gotten back to me. I'm, I'm still following up with them. You might be following up anyway, but if the client doesn't know you're doing that, then, then you know, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not doing anything to help yourself at the end of the day. And so I think the, the more that, that people can, you know, to your point, create those processes and then start utilizing some of this technology that, that undoubtedly is going to come out. Um, there's, there's already teams that are starting to look at this from like an underwriting perspective or right. claims adjudication or uh, even customer service, right? So many folks and so many agency owners that I know they've, they've utilized a lot of the AMS systems have a, have a portal that the clients can, can log into. Well, as we all know, they're going to forget their password. They're never going to save the link. They're going to call. They're going to send in a, a chat message. They're going to email. Right. Um, and if there are ways now where you have a, a, an intelligent system that's looking at it and they're saying, okay, this is Heat's policy. This is Heat's policy number inside the system. This is the stuff that's tagged as the, the current COIs. That's what they're asking for. Immediately send that out, right? How does that create more efficiency in your business? Um, to either continue to write more business or to provide like really good high quality either risk management consulting or or customer service on the stuff that really does matter, right? And if you can start to integrate some of these solutions, like this is the way the market's moving. Um, so I think it's going to be really, really interesting over the next probably like 12, 24, 36 months to see what comes out in the insurance space specifically um, to, to start mitigating some of the uh, some of the day-to-day challenges that everybody runs into. Yeah, especially when it comes to property, you know, and, and what's going on, especially you talked about a, a hardening market that we're in and, and a challenging market. And I agree with you. And I've said it probably for the last three or four weeks. And so I'll probably keep beating the same drum. I think we're going to be here for three or two, at least maybe three years in this in this market cycle, just because of the challenges, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of these carriers are in right now. And so here you are, OB, you know, a, a property driven you know, carrier, would you consider yourself a carrier, intratech partner, a solution, whatever it might be, you're property driven. What, you know, how are you walking into this marketplace with your head held so high thinking we're going to be okay here? I think the, the, the nice thing about OB is that we've started uh, as the market had already, I think, been beaten down a little bit, right? So you had, you had a lot of uh, you had a lot of carrier options. You had a lot of unknowns that that happened. Um, you know, I, I was talking about this uh, going back and forth with somebody on on Twitter the other day. You know, it is a uh, it is a it is a confluence of events. I think that have happened all at once. You've had uh, some weather events that that you just couldn't couldn't really underwrite uh, for, right? I mean, everybody kind of knows that there's going to be a a hurricane that's coming, but nobody could have predicted the you know the massive ice storm that hit Texas you know a couple of years ago. Right. And so everybody's already working on some of these razor thin margins. Carriers for a long time were able to make some money on the premium that was coming through, right? Just because of a, a normal, healthy interest rate environment. We've been at 0% for a really long time. And so those extra percentage points that you otherwise would have to be able to play around with, you, you didn't uh, anymore. And then I think you've got, uh, you know, add in the inflation cost on, on materials, especially in the property space. Um, there's a, there's a number of, of clients even that we've seen that, you know, really need to be increasing the, the price per square foot. Right. Uh, and it's nothing they did wrong. They didn't have a claim. They didn't have a fire. They, they didn't have a slip and fall. 
they've done nothing wrong, but their premium is still going up 20 or 30% because the cost of lumber has gone up, right? Yeah. They got to make sure that they can help the labor cost, the cost of the lumber, labor the cost. cost of everything. Everything is going up. And then on top of that, uh, the probably the last and final thing, and this is something we see more on our end than, than I think I used to really appreciate as an agent, reinsurance costs are also going up. So many of these reinsurance carriers that are ultimately providing a lot of that insurance for the insurance carriers themselves, they're all in, in Europe, right? Or they're in London, either Lloyd's of London or Munich or Swiss Re. And so as the euro starts to decrease against the, the value of the dollar, right? Or the pound starts to decrease against the value of the dollar, if that goes down three, five, 10% in a short period of time, which it really has over the last year, that's again, less money overall that they thought that they would have to play around with, right? Uh, so through no like fault of potentially a, an insurance carrier themselves, you're already dealing with higher inflation costs on materials. You've already been paying out for the last couple of years an increase in, in guaranteed replacement costs, right? Because that's what they thought they were gonna be uh, that's where they thought the market was going to be at. And unfortunately, all these prices have, have gone up. And so all the carriers are ultimately losing money on it. And then as they go out to try and get their own insurance through the different reinsurance companies, they're also finding a really hard market. And so it's just a confluence of, of a lot of different events all happening at the same time. So I, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be a tough market for at least the next probably 24 to 36 months. Um, OB came into this, though, with a with, you know, a clean book. I think that's the one nice thing that, that we have going into this market is that I feel really comfortable writing good, high quality, you know, risk. And I also don't have to worry about trying to fill a lot of that, that top of the funnel to offset my overall loss ratio. So that's where we're in a really good, strong position by, you know, probably sheer luck, uh, candidly, that the market has turned the way that it has. But Obi is also running a, a very good, clean book in a way that we can provide really good, um, competitive prices uh, are really in almost every state across the country. Florida is still really challenging. Um, Southeast Texas is always going to be challenging for every market. We're still really bullish on, on California, even though there's a handful of markets, even the last couple of weeks that have pulled out. So we're, we're excited about this space and we want to continue to partner with folks that are going to help us uh, continue to drive really good, high quality business. Is that where the intention of writing smaller premium, so to speak, comes into play a little bit? It, it, it does. It's, you know, we, we took the approach, um, you know, juries out and we'll, we'll see in seven to 10 years how it, how it worked, but we went really broad, um, in terms of, of geographic coverage, um, but very, very focused in that kind of, at least right now, that one to four unit segment, it's the most popular segment inside of the real estate investor class. It's the thing that, you know, there's this, this 17 to 18 million, uh, individual and small business real estate investors, and they own two to three properties apiece. And so okay. if we can drive a lot of that business across the country, then instead of going, I think, broad in terms of products, but, but narrow in terms of geography, it allows us to start offsetting some of that risk. So if we get really, really uh, uh, aggressive business coming out of California, given what's happening, I'm offsetting that with the fact that I might have some safer risk, some non uh, you know, wildfire risk out here in, in the Midwest, right? And so I can drive a lot of business over here. I can offset potentially some hurricane exposure with other risk across the country as well. And so we feel like between the way that we really look at this market, the way that we underwrite things, as well as the way that we rolled out our product, um, it should, I think, in the long term, build a really good balanced insurance book of business. Yeah. I, one of the things I would also say to that, you know, when you're talking about the one to four, I feel like 
a lot of the one to four investors, if you're talking about the client, the consumer itself, there may be a little more education needs to go into it because they're not some multi, you know, huge portfolio of all these things. Is there an education component that comes into it? I know we're talking insurance agents right now, but they need to hear this as well on how to educate their clients through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that that's the one thing that I always felt like as an agent, I didn't really always get. Um, yeah. And so if, if we can, if we can arm the agents with ways that they can provide more value, um, I, at the end of the day, when I, you know, when I was an agent, I didn't have a lot of time to be gathering a lot of the data in terms of, you know, right. cat risk and some of these exposures and things that are happening and lumber prices. Right. But I wanted to be able to provide that information to my client. I wanted to feel really educated on it. And so that's something that, that we make a big priority. You're, you're right. The, the end consumer, um, they need to understand that, yeah, their, their insurance is going to go up. Um, but you also can't, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't try and get away with an $80 per square foot replacement cost anymore. You just can't, right. There's probably nowhere in the country where, where you're going to be able to do that right. anymore. And so, you know, you want to be able to, to provide that education to the consumer, um, where like, I'm okay with the agent and also the, the consumer feeling like, you know, some of that heat came from them from, from Obi. Uh, I'm okay saying, hey, like Obi has a has a per square foot minimum, right? And so, unfortunately, your your agent can't do anything about it, right? And so, we try and 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 demonstrate that up front, uh, but then also arm the agents with the information that they need to be successful in these markets. And so, if I'm, uh, you know, at Obi and and we're starting to see some trends in this space, then we try and convey that out to our our different partners and our agents that we have, um, so that way they can feel like they can go into the market and and really provide a good justification as to why the prices look this way, why they might want to be looking at other ways of, of mitigating loss. Um, you know, even recently we've, uh, you know, so, something interesting in some of your, your listeners in the agency field that probably have seen an increase in kitchen fires over the last three years. And I, I didn't really think about this until somebody pointed it out to me recently, but everybody works from home now. Yeah. Whereas you might have been, you know, grabbing a banana on your way out the door to get on the highway. Now you can actually make some eggs on the stove you know, seven days a week as opposed to Saturday and Sunday, right? You can make lunch on that stove during the day when you're taking your lunch break. You're not out where you might be going to a happy hour or going to a dinner or something else. You're making dinner at home. And so there's been a massive influx of, of, uh, of, of fires um, that have actually happened to a lot of these properties. And if we can arm agents with, there are now like blankets that landlords can actually put underneath the, uh, the sink. You take it out, you rip it open, you can literally throw it over the stove, it'll extinguish the fire. There are like these, uh, they almost look like magnetic hockey pucks that um, that attach to the, the vents uh, above a stovetop. If it gets too hot, assuming there's a there's a fire, it basically gets to a temperature they, that uh, would show the this little hockey puck essentially that there's a fire. It'll disperse a powder uh, called a fire stop on top of so it. So similar to an Ansel system. Exactly, right? And so it is, uh, there are so many interesting ways now where it's 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 about like, providing people really good coverage at a really good price. Cause at the end of the day, the, the, the bottom line price is the thing people are always looking at, but now we're getting into a market where you have to say, Hey, I want to make sure that you can still get coverage. I want to make sure that I can still find you a market next year. Right. What are the ways that we can decrease the, the risk of claims now more so than we ever needed to before? Because I had 10, 15, 20 different markets you could potentially go out to or go out to a wholesaler who goes out to another 30 or 50 to find coverage on this risk. Um, those are the types of things that we try and arm both the clients and and our agents with, because that that's the way that's going to provide, I think, a lot of long term value and um, really what's going to drive the overall reputation of OB long term. 
Yeah, I like that. Um, no, I think that's good. I, I think, you know, as we talk about this, you know, we're talking about insurance agents and if there's, you know, insurance agents right now, and I, I think it's funny to even say this out loud, but if you're looking at verticals and niches and getting into something like that, whether you're a personal lines agent or commercial, if someone were thinking, hey, this might be a good opportunity to get into this vertical of, you know, real estate space or even if it's commercial buildings and trying to get into that kind of space or if it's whatever it might be, you know, people right now, I would think, and again, I'm as educated as some, um, it's going to be really hard because of all the things we've talked about, you know, with the, the cost and the, this and the labor and everything else. But at the same time, there's still some money to be made here. There's still a solid, because it's not going to be here forever. Like we said, 24 to 36 months. What What's some advice you could set them up? Like, what are some things you could tell them to set them up marketing-wise, sales-wise, whatever, to build a good vertical in this space? One thing that I, I see most often is it's it's not something a lot of agents actually think about. Um, and it's be, And I think it's because of the fact that most customers, again, don't, associate their rental property with the personal lines market, right? There's a, there's a separation. I, I even do this for myself with my own home and auto, which I'm, I'm stingy on, even though I shouldn't be. And then my rental properties that Ryan and I have are like, I'm down to the penny on, on my, my P and L, right? Like I have to buy the auto insurance, right? I have to buy my home insurance. So like, all right, I'm going to cut the replacement cost down a little bit. I'm not going to add like the replacement cost plus I might not do the siding endorsement. Like, all right, I got, I got to have my car insurance, right? But on my rental property, right? Like that's that's the baby, right? That's the nest egg. That's the thing. Hopefully, putting my my kids to college, right? And so that's the thing where I like I really actually do care. And so I think it's important for agents to actually ask that question. Um, people are always asking, "Hey, do you have a motorcycle? Do you have a boat? Do you have an RV?" You know, they, they, you kind of have the the opportunity after you, you meet somebody and get to know the them and the family to do life insurance. As the you know the number of cars or or homes or second homes continue to grow, you, you add on the umbrella. But I don't I don't see a lot of agents that end up asking, "Hey, do you have a rental property?" And there's 18 million individual landlords in the United States, right? There's a very good chance that a large portion of your book has rental properties, but those clients might not think about it the same way. They might not be thinking about going to their 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 IA who's doing their home and auto as the same person to go to for their rental property. And so I think that's the opportunity is to ask the question. Um, that's the biggest thing, right? Uh, everybody knows at this point, once you get the home, you, you figured out how you, you want to ask the question about auto. Same thing in reverse. You figured out how to sell the life or, or add on the umbrella or some of the ancillaries. I think most of the agents that I run into haven't gotten into this vertical because they just haven't recognized that there's such an opportunity that's there. Um, the average landlord in the unit, uh, the U.S. has 2.8 properties apiece. So 18 million landlords, 2.8 locations apiece, and they're always between usually like one and four units. So a single, maybe even condo unit all the way up to a quadplex. So my biggest piece of advice is, is ask the question. And then from there, uh, find some good markets. Uh, there, you know, I, I'm, I'm biased. I'm, I'm a fan of OB. Uh, there's a handful of markets, I think, that do a good job uh, that are still playing around in, in this space and I think are still bullish on this segment. Um, it's not a lot of the, the large carriers anymore. A lot of them just in general are, are pulling back on their property space. It's, it's, it's hardening. Um, but there is a really good opportunity that exists out there. And the other thing, is too, it? is so much, so much of the insurance business runs on referrals. The last thing that I can say about that market is 
If you do find those customers that have rental properties, I guarantee you they know at least three to five other people that also own rental properties. Yeah. The, okay. So does it, when you say ask the question, I, I'm thinking, is it as simple as, you know, just assuming and maybe even asking the question of what's the address of some of your investment properties? Or is it the question of, do you have investment properties that simple? Is that what you're, you're trying to get at? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I would I would just ask Katie, you know, do you have investment properties? Are you invested in any any real estate? We do that too, right? So many of, of independent shops are built on the backbone of home and auto, right? And so you want to at least make them aware that, hey, we, we do businesses too, right? I understand that. Most of your agents, right? I've actually found that a lot of agents are also real estate investors themselves. They might have just one extra rental property. But even with that, they don't think about the fact that like that's that's the question you want to ask. Um, and make it clear to those 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 end customers and those clients that are in your book that you do more than just that home and auto. You do more than just personal lines. And I think the the challenge is that I, as an agent, always associated the rental property with that like DP three product, right? That dwelling fire that has yeah. always landed in the personal lines realm. Whereas our clients that are real estate investors, they see it as a business, right? Yeah. They see it as a business product, and so they're looking for a business insurance agent. Right, so that's the that's the key. There is asking that question. Hey, do you have the you know do you have rent, uh, rental properties? Do you have a real estate investment property? We do that too. We we have several clients that that do this. We have a lot of competitive markets, and we like being able to you know service every aspect of your life, both business and or personal and professional. Okay, so a couple of things as we start to wrap up, uh, just because I'm interested. From would you think? And again, I'm just exploring this idea out loud. And maybe you've seen this before. You can help me through this. But if you had a dedicated insurance professional in your office, all they do is that. They focus on the investment properties. So if you've got your home and auto agent out there, and they're doing the home and auto, and they bring this up, then they transfer them over to the real estate investment agent. And it's all, you know, they feel like they're talking to a specialist here. Have you seen that before? Would that work? You know, we, if you had an agency that was dedicated to more of that? We, we've definitely seen that. I think if the book is big enough, then you've got enough at-bats, right? Yeah. Uh, whether it's coming up for renewal or this brand new business, I think people like people like knowing that they're going to the business insurance advisor or the real estate in, you yeah. know, insurance advisor. Um, and I think that the yeah, nice the REI thing advisor, whatever it might a, be. A, a, exactly, right? And I, you know, I think that the questions then... Much like health, much like uh, life insurance, home and auto, sure. you start to get really comfortable with the questions that the lenders are going to ask, the questions that the you know the carriers are going to ask. You're going to get really comfortable with what you got to ask the uh, the client then, and so being able to put on your 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 REI insurance agent hat, um, you you're going to know exactly what's what's coming, what the market looks like. You can have that conversation then, and I think what starts to add a lot of value and. You know, if, if any of your agents are actually interested in, in, or any of the listeners are actually interested in this, there's a really good forum online called Bigger Pockets. It was probably the, you know, the, the place. Bigger where, Pockets? Yeah, Bigger Pockets, biggerpockets.com. It, it's, it's really where I think the original forum for real estate investors started. It's a, it's a massive brand now. But, you know, even perusing some of those forums for first time yeah. real estate investors is probably the best way to start understanding the types of questions and, uh, the thought process that that people have as they go through those because they do look at it differently. They're looking at it as the overall PL, right, for their property. I have to, again, we all have to buy auto insurance. We all have to buy home insurance. It's a cost. It is what it is. I'm not tracking it, right? As much as I probably am on my business. 
And so I think that getting getting comfortable in that space and becoming that that REI insurance expert um, is something that that we have seen a lot of value in um, for for yeah, a lot I, of the different agencies we work with. I think it makes sense, and that same REI agent could also you know be the guy that does commercial. You know, from that perspective yeah. you talked about earlier, and they could look at it from that one to four from the personal lines. They could even get into vacant property. They can get into all kinds of different things from that perspective. So I think that's uh, just something I was thinking about. And maybe I should have done that, you know, and maybe I should, you know, look around for that some more. But so tell me, as we start to wrap up a little bit, uh, tell the audience a little bit about OB specifically, uh, you know, about what you guys are wanting to do, What maybe what's on the horizon. Maybe if someone wanted to get a contract or wanted to look at, you know, OB as, you know, a player in their office. Um, sure. Tell me a little bit about that in the last, in the last five or six minutes of, of the show. Yeah, he, so we're uh, we're a one to four unit shop. Uh, we're 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 uh, hyper focused on on driving a good product in there. I think it's going to increase. I think unit counts going to increase over time. I think there's another uh, a large uh, black hole of, of opportunity between five and kind of fifty units uh, is where we see um, you know not a lot of opportunities in the existing market. It's it's been relatively ignored, but today. Um, for any of your agents that are listening, anybody that's interested in an appointment, they can go to obinsurance.com. Uh, they can go in there, they can submit a, uh, a request and the team will, will get back to you. Um, it's a one to four unit product. It's nationwide, um, obviously uh, capacity dependent in some of the states that we've just talked about, Florida, uh, Texas, California, sure. um, but uh, up to a million dollars in TIV uh, that covers a really, you know, call it 90% of the rental properties in the U.S. that are in that one to four unit segment. So uh, we're we're writing aggressively. Uh, I think the product is priced really well. The coverage is is uh, I think uh, very very good. Um, and we we again we we built the product specific for what real estate investors care about. Um, and so if that's a segment that that your audience is interested in getting in, um, or maybe you're already in it and you're looking for additional markets, uh, always happy to to have that conversation and continue to grow the uh, the overall Obi family. Yeah, I like that and. You guys do play in the Airbnb space, the VRBO space. Um, you guys are involved in some of that. And as he mentioned earlier, you do have some partnerships with maybe some carriers you already have in your agency, uh, maybe some brokers they already have in their agency. Do you have some relationships there that they could work with? Yeah, 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 correct. So uh, yeah. there's the, – Again, there's to focus on you, the agent, not you know the name on the policy. Yep, ab- absolutely. I like that. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, so what – uh, as we wrap up, what what makes uh, other than you know some of the things you talked about? Is there anything else that kind of sets you guys apart from the guy down the road, the, the other your competition, so to speak? I think we take a really uh, we we take a partner first approach at Obi. Um, good uh, good partner equals good business. Uh, it's it's written on 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 the wall at the office. Um, and so by by partner we you know uh, we primarily. Uh, distribute through through a couple of different places, but but agents being you know really I think the the biggest key to this market. Um, at the end of the day, I you know we we are still a continuously growing brand. If people have feedback, if there are products that that they that they see an opportunity in in this market, if you know as people look at the policy forms and they see coverages or uh, they see opportunities based on what they're getting from their own clients uh, for things that that we want to add. That's stuff that, that I want to hear about. That's what our team wants to hear about. Um, that's one thing that I never got as much as an agent. We would have these meetings with our local marketing reps, and I, I, I love all of mine if you're listening. Um, 
but it was about like, Hey, why, you know, why didn't we win here? How much business, uh, this, this is what your production looked like this quarter. This is what your, you know, your, your quote to close kind of looked like. It was never about, Hey, can you, can you ask a couple of questions? What are you hearing from, from the market? What are the improvements that we can make on this actual product? And yes, we know it's too expensive, but if we cut out a couple of these coverages that nobody really cares about because we built this on top of our homeowners product and these aren't homeowners, um, you know, if we cut some of those out, we're actually going to be able to save on rate. And so instead of maybe saving on rate, are there other coverages that maybe real estate investors actually care about? Those are the questions that I never got asked. And those are the things that we spend a lot of time on with our agents. Because we're new, because we're growing, the best way that we can do to be successful is continue to listen to those agents and to the people that are actually talking to our own customers on a day-to-day -day basis and drive those efficiencies and those new innovations inside of the open product. I like that. I think that's awesome. Uh, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on. If they wanted to contact someone in OB, would they contact you? Do you have a sales or, or website, anything you could give them? If they want to contact you for questions. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if, if they want to uh, reach out and they have questions, uh, they can email me. It's Aaron at obinsurance.com. Uh, or you can always go to obinsurance.com. There's a, uh, there's a button right at the top that says agents. You can yeah. jump right in there, submit a, uh, uh, submit a request form and somebody will ultimately reach out as well. Excellent. Man, again, I, I really appreciate you joining. I appreciate you hanging out with us today and talking a little bit about that. Cause I think, you know, where it, it is, you know, a, uh, not necessarily a pain point, but it's definitely something worth having this conversation about. So I'm so glad that we did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and Aaron today in the program. I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I hope you have some questions. You want to reach out to him. He left you his contact info reach out to him, look him up on LinkedIn, do all the cool things he's got going on there and reach out to the sponsors of the show. Let them know that you, you appreciate them uh, giving you the show to listen to. If you have ideas for your own show, if you have ideas for the next show, if you have a, a guest idea you want to bring my way, send me an email, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Well, guys, I hope you have a great day and I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.